Home Before Dark is an Apple TV series in its second season. Despite its ominous title, the main storyline is about a girl named Hildy Lisko, a Nancy Drew-type investigative journalist for her school's newspaper. Her mission? To catch who's responsible for contaminating the Erie Harbor Pond, which she heavily suspects made her grandfather sick. In episode 4, Dark Rooms, we follow a handful of side stories. Will Frank be able to save his relationship with Principal Collins? Will Emma and Izzy's budding friendship be thrown asunder now that Ethan, Izzy's boyfriend, is back for good? And Jim Sturgis, who plays Hildy's father, he has a big realization in this episode. He realized he's probably overqualified to be in this TV show. It's the beginning of July, the middle of summer, and you're listening to today's episode. You know, the title of this thing is really misleading. Uh, you think of all the shows that have the word dark in them. You have, like, Into dark. the Dark, <laughs> In the Dark, Dark. Like, all of them are really dark TV shows. And this one, I felt, it sounded like a podcast I'd listened to about, like, a missing teenager in some Kentucky town or something. The poster reminded me of It because it was very rainy yeah. and there was just, like, a bicycle. And it looked like it was It looked like something be, horrible yeah, happened. Very grim. <laughs> But this actually stars a lot of movie stars. You have Jim Sturgis. You have Brooklyn Prince from The Florida Project. Huh. Uh, you even have a reunion between Abby Miller and Joel Carter from actually Justified. Who uh, played the grandpa? Uh, he's from House of Cards. I think his name is like Reedy Spring or something. Okay, I'm trying to place him. But during the show, I kept looking at him. And I was like, I've seen him before. But yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so at this point, um, you also had Dana Fox. She is someone who worked on, I believe, Pushing Daisies, and that's one of the reasons why she wanted to make this show. She said that she fell in love with kind of this crime procedural type of TV show from her work on that. So this is supposed to be a procedural? Like, it, it's supposed to, uh, week by week? Well, a, a little bit, but it's based off Because of, it felt like a long story it's, arc. Yeah, they, they did something at the end of season one where it was based around this murder mystery, yeah. and then they figured out who the murderer was, but actually also it's based on a real person right yeah Hilde Hilde is an actual person named Hilde Lisak or whatever Hilde Kate Lisak yeah and she her efforts to uncover the truth basically she started when she was nine years old and then she like started working for the Orange Sun Times I'm a little sad that you know that because I actually have a four choose in the lie but you might be able to place now which one uh, the lie is because at the very end of the episode I was watching the credits trying to find out who the grandpa was and it said based on the like investigations okay so so you didn't like actually no no you just knew from the credits yes so she is now 14 years old and she worked for the orange sun times for like five years and i have three statements here that are true so they decided to make a tv show and this has been in production probably for like two years yeah around there yeah Yeah, it's the second season so yeah so she she did her thing and then within three years of working for this newspaper she got her own tv show yeah basically it's loosely based off of her that's crazy yeah you know and there's three truths i have here and one lie about the actual person and i want you to guess which one is the lie because she's not a lot um one is that she has a book series with scholastic Two is that she has become the youngest person ever to be a possible contender for the Nobel Peace Prize. Hmm. The third one is, in February 2019, Lisiak was in Patagonia, Arizona. She was stopped by a marshal who told her taping him was against the law and threatened her with with an arrest. When she decided to post the video anyways online, the marshal was reprimanded for his actions. Number four was she became one of the youngest people in U.S. history to deliver a college commencement speech at West Virginia University. Hmm... Those all sound believable. The Nobel Peace Prize is a big deal. 
Um, it's I, it's between that one and the last one to me. The what was the it? West Virginia the commencement University. speech? Yeah, yeah, that speech. I'll go ahead because commencement speeches are more common than Nobel Peace Prizes to say that it's the Nobel Peace Prize. Yeah, it was the Nobel Peace Prize okay. one. I tried to go like with a small one, like she has a book series with Scholastic, and then I also wanted to go with like a big one that you could, could have possibly believed. She like so interviewed some some arrogant marshal pulled her over, pulled this like fourteen year old over and said, Well, she wasn't driving. Yeah, right? she wasn't driving. That, that would... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but so and then threatened to I think she was at the border. She was trying to get like an opinion peach, uh, piece for like people that just wanted peach. to say their mind. It's, uh, it's peach, pronounced yeah. peach. Yeah. <laughs> no, and then and then the marshal just came over and again threatened to arrest her. Cool. Uh, yeah, her life sounds pretty crazy yeah, right now. Like and... she interviewed Malala Yousafzai. That's yeah. why I somewhat got that the Nobel like Peace Prize. From... Next thing she's gonna who's the climate change activist? Uh, Greta Thunberg. Yeah, she'll <laughs> she'll interview her yeah, at nice. some point. So with the show, what did you think of the acting? Because I am interested to see with like such big stars attached to it. Yeah. All right. So yeah, the acting in this show is hard to judge. First of all, you do have a lot of famous people behind this, but they're kind of playing. This is a kid show. So they're playing the the wonky adults, Mm -hmm. the ones who are sort of adultish, but they act like children sometimes. And they're very supportive of children. Like you have the CEO of a huge company in this episode recognize Hilde and immediately want to do an interview with her. Like he's in the middle of his job and they're being stopped by security. And he's like, Hilde, Hilde, come on. (laughs) And then he like spends the next hour of his life going around and showing off his building to these kids and answering any question they have. It was very odd to to uh, to, to try to take that seriously. It did feel right. like at some points that was a Disney show. Also because her friend Donnie kept shooting off one-liners that were oh, no. really, really corny. <laughs> so you'll have those moments of the show, and then you'll have moments where Jim Sturgis... Is it felt like a G-rated show? It's PG, but it felt like a G-rated. Oh, show. I saw some on uh, some sites said TV fourteen. It's rated PG. It says it at the beginning of the show, but it was at least in this episode nothing really scary. Like the only thing, the, someone keeps on following the girl at the beginning of the episode. She's like, uh, I was at the gas station, and we we see it happen. And this guy came up to me behind me, and he bought a drink. But it's the same guy who's been following me all around, and it's the same security guy who at the end steals their backpacks. Well, last episode, Hilda and Matt, they figure out that Pinewood Park gets water is poisoned and that she is unable to get a sample because of an English corporate sponsor. I thought they lived sponsor. in Erie Harbor. Is Pinewood Park the name of the actual place that was poisoned? I think, well, it's the name of the place where they get the water and the water turned out to be poisoned. And then when Hilda tried to get a sample of it to figure out... And she that, only found that out last episode? I thought this had been like known for seasons. No, the, well, no. Because last season was all about a murder that took place. And then it, okay. it turned out that at the end of the season, um, that Richie, who I believe was Matt's best friend at that time, turned out to be alive when he always thought that when he was kidnapped, he was dead. So that was what the first season was about. This season, they kind of want to be following Richie and see if they can possibly find him. So because Dana Fox wanted to make it where she didn't want to cop out of like an answer in the finale, but she wanted it to have a place. Of so where they find out he's alive, but they don't know where he is. Yeah, they don't know where he is. Because in this episode, Matt's character doesn't mention Richie at all. It's all about his dad because his dad is his sick. Dad, uh, yeah, his grandfather has so, Alzheimer's, right? Well, not his grandfather, uh, Hildy's, yeah, grandfather. Yeah, Hildy's grandfather. Yeah, yeah, so he finds a picture of like his old friends, his dad's old friends on the boatyard or whatever. Um, and so he, then he goes and tracks them down, but they're all dead. Kenny, Alan, Theo, they all didn't make it. And it's all probably because of this water that they would hang out. 
So is he surprised at all by the fact that they're all dead when he tries to track them Yeah, that's the, that's the whole reveal, is that because they never reached old age, because the water has been poisoned, and there was this, like, cleanup that occurred, and Hilde is under is convinced that it wasn't actually cleaned up, that they just built, that they tried to um, just hide all evidence of anything nefarious yeah, going on. I think that has to deal with the corporate unnamed. Yeah, so, well, they went to the Strata Industries or whatever, and they meet the CEO who they think, oh, maybe he's involved or something, and then he's really nice, and he's saying, well, I read your first article that only got four clicks, and I donated $30,000 to one of the animal centers. And it's just, <laughs> this guy, well, again, he, the, he has so many red flags behind him, but he's represented as just the nicest guy. And it's so weird. he's supposed to, basically, he's represented as the nicest guy. He's like the most helpful he's adult. To, yeah, he's could, supposed it's supposed to be like later on when he ends up being evil at least your prediction is supposed I, to be a big twist i don't know i just it felt like too kid a show to to do that well you saw the first episode that came back after lockdown they had three episodes in the can and then episode four is the first one where they had to take a couple months off and then come back could did you realize that was filmed during covid it's a small town so there's only going to be a limited amount of characters either way so no so did you see a librarian at all in the episode a librarian yeah because... i just have names of people but i don't think there was a librarian we saw the principal so there was this weird scene between izzy and emma something went on where they like got in trouble emma actually got away with it and jessica got sent to a boarding school there were a lot of times where they mentioned people who weren't actually showing up like rutherford there's a cop storyline where we'll get into that later but izzy and emma they're hanging out and emma's trying to get closer to izzy izzy has a boyfriend her name is e his his name is ethan and uh Emma gets herself thrown into detention like the principal just happens to walk by and she's like principal Collins um I was actually at the egg incident too and then she was like well then you should probably get detention (laughs) (laughs) so just kind of uh, a very happy high school to go to not too many it was a high school yeah, I, those Izzy is uh, Hilde's sister. Oh, okay. Yeah, because uh, John, and she older sister. Yeah, John M. Chu, who is someone that's worked on Crazy Rich Asians, he directed in the Heights. She's actually ran and directed some of these episodes as well. So I'm not surprised that you're saying that like it has somewhat a light tone to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but speaking about characters, they also busted out and do a musical. <laughs> that's like halfway through, Jim Sturgis <laughs> just went across the universe on us, and you know they have actually thought about having a musical episode so before because he can but, sing no <laughs> like why not no i was a joke they, they haven't thought about that but i'm not surprised that you're saying that there are characters that they didn't even mention or mention that weren't in the episodes because one of the biggest complaints from fans of the show is that in between seasons the mayor of the town ended up dying but they didn't show it at all it just happened in between seasons and people were really mad about that in the plot but not in real life yeah not in real life and people were like, well, if you're going to kill him off, at least like make it a way to start off the show or something. Yeah, people liked him a lot. You know who they should get to replace him? Uh, who? Ted Danson. <laughs> yeah, Mr. Mayor. Yeah, no, actually, they had a hard time placing Kim Collins and Abby Miller, who was one of the people on Justified, uh, recommended Joel Carter. So Dana Fox was just given a ton of clips from Justified, and that's how Joel Carter ended up getting the role of Kim. But one thing I kept on seeing that was brought up in the reviews for this episode was that there was something to do with an airplane that happened at the very end, right? Yeah, so um, Hilde and her two friends, Donnie and Spoon, 
they find out that uh, there's this symbol that... She, so the name of the show, the, the episode is Dark Rooms, right? And yeah. that's because she broke her camera early on in the episode and she has to use this old-timey, like, film camera. Right, I saw that. Like, the camera so she's Jim using Sturgis really good, goes all Jonathan Byers from Stranger Things <laughs> and takes her down to the basement and says, this is how I used to develop my film. And he's like, this is a dark room. And so they develop the film together. It's a nice father-daughter scene. And uh, then she sees the symbol, the Watt logo, I guess. And it meant meant that there was a mansion storyline that happened earlier. And she goes back with her friends. They go down this um, dumbwaiter mm-hmm. into the basement. And they discover an old broken down plane under a sheet. And they take the black box. But then the security guy who's been following that girl all around shows up. And he's like, well, why are these backpacks here? And he takes those off. Yeah. And so they're stuck at the bottom. But Spoon made it out with the black box so she should be able to do something <laughs> right yeah i saw that uh people were thinking online that it was sam gillis's plane and sam gillis i believe was a villain in the first season but he was played by michael gray eyes who was also the villain from rutherford falls uh except for them try, like figuring out anything though like is there an antagonist to the show as of now or is it just them trying the to get these pictures <laughs> but but that's a security he rep- guard right? he works for something he has a level three security patch from somewhere so we don't know where, where it's from. But it, I, it, I'm glad you did the research on the backstory behind it. Well, with the ideal audience, they were saying that it can really be for anyone. But I imagine it's used as a kid's show. But Yeah, it feels like they didn't need to cast these people, honestly. The best acted scene, I think, was actually between Izzy and Sylvester. Because he does a really good job playing someone with dementia. Like, he has these moments where he'll be semi-cognizant and he'll give... For instance, Hilde, his old camera, mm-hmm. but then at other moments, or or this one with Izzy where he's sitting down and she's asking him about, I guess, her, her love life between her and Ethan, which at this point in high school, they're just like Skyping. Mm-hmm. Um, but what normally might feel like a forced scene, um, I don't know, the pop-pop guy, you said he was from House of Cards, uh, he just knocked that one out of the park because it it felt like something you would see in not a Hallmark movie, something you'd see in a family movie, but that would actually be a little sentimental, something that like like an up type thing. And so that scene I liked. The rest of them um, would would fluctuate into the kid verse, and, and right, I don't really understand it. I don't really understand why Apple needed jim sturgis or the rest of them in the show well i think that brooklyn prints a lot of people uh like dana fox she's she fine said that... donnie's a little much but i mean <laughs> well the show has gotten good reviews as 7.5 on imdb 81 percent on ron tomatoes again praise for brooklyn P- um prince and then the new york times said about the show not about season two but uh the main attraction from start to finish is the conviction that prince brings to her portrayal of a child who suffers from being an outsider refuses to give in to pressure from schoolmates teachers and police to just go along now there are fans of the show but it's not very popular in fact uh, even all the review sites i only found like a couple one was from tv fanatic that gave it 4.4 out of 5 saying it was fun to see trip and frank bond over their affection for hilda and their dislike of rutherford but they also mentioned the fact that rutherford is a different character that's been surprisingly okay, yeah, so absent this, this is the cop sequence they didn't, it was barely in it but Frank, we learn, Frank is the guy from House. He, yeah, I, I recognized him immediately. But he ends up having the relationship with Principal Collins. And Principal Collins is thinking about leaving town because of backlash to something that she did earlier. Mm-hmm. But he thinks that, he, that she's cheating on him at first. That was the most dramatic like adult relationship that we really got. Right. Um, but yeah, there's this small thing where they bond over 
a Rutherford who I, I never yeah, met in she, the episode. She, they haven't been in this season, I don't think, but apparently Rutherford was, like, a big character in the first one. Cool, and cool. then she was... Yeah, if I, were there any animated sequences? Yes, in, there was an animated was? sequence that was spliced in there that to explain how I think the money were... Like, I just remember dollar bills floating around, and it was probably about the conspiracy. Because mm-hmm. Hilda's just a big conspiracy... Like, she likes to dive into those mm-hmm. and kind of, like, find out what's real. Is she the smartest person in the show? She she might be. Like, there are, the adults obviously aren't as dumb as some uh, uh, right, kids shows nice. make yeah. them out to be. Right. Like, where they just can't even tie their own Process shoes. Process anything, yeah. But she does seem to be the one who's unearthing the same mystery here. And it's because the adults respect her. Mm-hmm. Like, again, that CEO just giving her an interview out, out of nowhere didn't really yeah, make right. much sense. But then there's also the like storyline that doesn't have anything to do with her. And I'm curious because if this show is following her life, then what is the whole point of having Emma and Izzy, that whole storyline? Yeah, I, I was trying to figure out if the show really like... Because it felt like Emma those. was jealous of Izzy's boyfriend because Izzy's boyfriend comes in at the end of the episode and is like, I'm here to stay. I'm here because we're moving back and I'm going to be... And you could tell Emma was just like pissed. And so I don't know if she actually likes Izzy, like she wants to be in a relationship with Izzy, or if she just is going to miss her friend. That sounds a lot like Gossip Girl or some type of CW show. Yeah, it feels like, like a, a melodrama storyline that was put into a show that's supposed to be about a kid unearthing some sort of conspiracy about the, like the earth, or about how they've been poisoned the waterhole. Well, That's what he would say. Yeah, I mean, Dara Resnick, she was actually, I think, the person that worked on Pushing Daisies. She you, said... You did say that, that right? Yeah, she said that the show was really supposed to appeal to everyone. Did you say Dara? I thought so, you said her name was Dana. No, Dana Fox and Dara Resnick both worked together, but I think I said Dana Fox was the one that worked on Pushing okay, Daisies. Okay, okay, okay. But she said that the show was made for everyone, so I think that they're trying to include the love triangle people in the high school, and then, obviously, the kids' yeah, storyline. Yeah, 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 but it's like they can only do it at the... The, the litmus test is at the kid level Mm -hmm. so you can't like go too far beyond that like you can't have super dark scenes or you can't have like super so you think it's it's restrictive in a way because it doesn't sound like obviously if it's for everyone but at the same time you have to keep it at a certain g to pg level then you're kind of not for everyone yeah that's true and like most of the imdb scores are literally in the seven area there's not one below a seven and there's not one above an eight so i wouldn't watch another episode you wouldn't yeah so overall would you like was it more positive or negative or do you just really didn't like it just feels like so much money was put into this mm-hmm. to be a kid show yeah and I mean, it's like cool i mean if you're a kid i'm sure you love it because well they, they shot I mean, the plot line is also like eh. they, they shot <laughs> this me. in vancouver so I, but I'm the fact that it's based on a true story is really cool i will say that yeah, okay well that's all about all i have so. that's all you have yeah all right well i would rate it probably like a six out of ten Okay, that's why you gave evil as well. So. Yeah, but actually, I would probably rate this higher than evil. Like, between the two of them, if you're facing them off, I would watch another episode of this before I'd watch another When it comes to the humor, because I know that you said evil at humor, this has humor in it. I know that this is probably more child-friendly, but it yeah, was Yeah, it it's like Donnie, again, being like, them walking out of the um, Strata Industries, where they gave them free snacks, and he literally walks out with his like time. hands yeah. filled with them, and then the guy's like, "Wow, you got a lot there," and he's like, "But you missed some," and like as a joke. And Donnie was like, "What was there chocolate?" Oh, <laughs> like, That's our humor for you. <laughs> and I think also the, the reason I mentioned the librarian was because there are conspiracies going around online that that might be Richie, uh, Matt's friend. So, and I think that we saw him in, like, the first episode of the second season or the premiere or something like that. Oh, you've been watching it? Yeah. Okay. All right. (laughs) Well, we'll see you on the next episode. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Bye.